Hi everybody, this is MG. And I'm Elizabeth Pudwell and we are Silver Sisters Talk. Welcome. Welcome. And so Silver Sisters Talk is a is a podcast, a conversation between MG and I when we want to talk to you and share with you, our listener, how we um, you know, take our program out in the world. It's really easy to be sober inside a meeting or working with your sponsor or even with a group of sober friends, but it's a whole nother thing to take that thing for a walk out to the job site and right. <laughs> family meet, family outings and dating and dating, and et cetera, I always, et cetera. And I always like to say that, you know, I don't know how to keep anybody else sober. I just know what works for me. And, uh, and that's how I stay sober is I figure it out. And we have a person here that has come back. What was your name? Alice. 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 Right. So we've asked Alice to come back. Elizabeth, you want to preface it a little bit more? Yeah. Um, so last week at a meeting that I was at, there was a, a young woman who shared um, that she had slept. And she was in a lot of shame and, and crying. And um, she was talking about, like, I've lost my sobriety. I've lost everything. And my sponsor told me when I felt that way, because I was a chronic relapser until I got my slaw sobriety. And um, my sponsor would tell me, you don't lose anything. You don't lose your sobriety when you have a slip. You know, you just, at that point, and you go on, you still know all the knowledge, you know, you have everything, you're adding to it. And it's not a, you don't slip and go back to, you know, step zero and start all over again. You're starting from where you are. And um, I think that talking about having slips or, you know, slight relapses or feeling like you have a re- relapse is, it's part of this program. It's what we do. You know, we act out and we get into relationships and we don't really know what, what the hell we're doing. Or maybe we don't follow our dating plan or maybe we don't have solid boundaries or bottom line behaviors or maybe we get into denial or maybe we ignore red flags or maybe whatever it is you know maybe we get talked into being sexual and we don't want to you know maybe we don't we lose our voice and we don't say no whatever it is but we all have done it we all do it and um the last time we had alice here she was talking about dating and successful dating right mm-hmm. and um so why don't you catch us up to date with that dating process okay well let's see um yeah well dating is hard and it takes a lot of uh, recovery and it takes a lot of awareness and commitment to your bottom you know lines and to remember where you came from so you don't forget um what not to do or what to do and what not to do so uh, since I was starting out dating I had a pretty good experience at first with the last guy that I started to date but um, realized a little bit into it that there was some issues there that didn't really um, align like we didn't agree on a few things some of my issues came up and this person wasn't willing to work with them and then some of his issues came up that I wasn't um, okay with but um, what I've learned is to well actually what I learned was 
that I wasn't listening to the red flags. Well, I didn't see the red flags. I denied them, some of them. And I also was in denial because I wanted just to be in a relationship. I just wanted this guy to be it, to be the one or whatever, so I don't have to keep dating and dealing with the getting to know process. I figured just let's just make this work at all costs. So so before you go on, I do want to say it takes a lot of courage to share that part of your story. And I really appreciate you, yeah. you know, sharing this. But our listeners do, you know, anybody in this program, and it doesn't matter if it's sex and love, eating, alcohol, dating, it's all the same thing. And every one of us feel that remorse and that, you know, whatever bad stuff when we after we have acted out yeah so Mm -hmm. thanks i do want to commend you for having the courage to share again thanks yeah it's not real fun to fail i mean it's not a fail but it does feel like a fail yeah i wanted to ask first like so how do you feel about what i said about like you don't lose everything and start over at step one well um yeah, I don't think that I start, I'm starting over completely. I think that's true because every dating experience is a chance to learn something about myself. And it's not always, I mean, it's not always, uh, you know, you just go through the steps and start dating and you're fixed. It's a process. So even though I have some time in the program and working on this stuff, there's still some, I guess, blind spots or areas of unwillingness or just some inner child stuff that I was kind of, I was in, not denial completely about, but just didn't want to deal with or wasn't ready to deal with. And so just to catch you back up, like where where you stopped is like, you got to a point where you realized that there were red flags, but you, did you break your sobriety? Did you break your bottom lines? Is that how you would frame it? Well, uh, looking back, yes. I, the bottom lines that I, the bottom lines that I broke were ignoring red flags and seeing the person too much and the other bottom line was having sex outside of a committed relationship because I got to a point where this person was walking away and I um, I was not allowing the person to walk away. Like I got into fear of abandonment. I didn't want to um, be the one on the short end of the stick. So I was like, no, don't leave. And I was very surprised because I thought I had, I thought I had dealt with that before. Like I could handle someone walking away. So that was bottom line behavior for me, running after someone who didn't, who was ending the relationship and then seeing the person too much, talking to the person too much, abandoning all my values, um, even sleeping with the, the person after I had said I wasn't going to do that until I was married. And that was like something I thought that I wanted, but yeah, that's kind of a whole nother topic. Because, you know, when you say that you're not going to do something until you're married, then, well, let's hurry up and get married because I really, you know, want to sleep with you. So then it just kind of pushes the relationship too fast. So I don't know. That's a whole other topic to deal with. And I don't even know if it's 
uh, something I want to do at this point because it it does just focus on hurry up let's get married and or right you right. know it even had me thinking let's go to the courthouse for God's sake it was just nuts like Crazy. religion versus um, recovery it was like I was in a battle of like here's my religious be- uh, belief. And here's my recovery belief. Get to know someone. Take it slow. My religious belief was like, well, don't sleep with them until you're married. So it's like they weren't aligning for Mm -hmm. someone my age and from what I've experienced. Mm -hmm. All the, you know, relationships. And that is something that I think needs to be taken into consideration. And this is one of the issues personally that I have with dating plans and helping sponsees with dating plans is putting a number on something. You know, instead, I try to focus on when I'm helping someone with a dating plan. And my own dating plan is how do I want to feel? How do I want to feel when I, before I let somebody kiss me or before I kiss them? Right. How do I want to feel before we get physical? How, what do I need to know before they come to my home or meet my kids or, you know, things like that? And the age is, you know, where we're at, you know, Alice and I are in completely different stages of life. Right. You know, she's young, and I I have three grown children, and I have children her age, and so I don't I'm not you know in a in a I'm in a completely different state you know right, right, and right. I think that does come into the dating plan, and they're not cookie cutter. Well, and you know what I have in terms of my own values and what I want to have accomplished, you know, in a dating situation may completely be completely different than what that other individual wants. So it's not just me thinking about my alignment with my own program or my own core beliefs, but I also have to take into consideration that that other person might have needs or desires or wants or whatever. And I remember when I was in New York, I only had one date when I lived in New York, and the guy was a sex addict. And it was like right after dinner, he like tries to like, you know, kiss on me and he makes propositions to me and says, let's go back to my place. And I was like, no, thank you. And he's like, what, you don't believe in that? And I'm like, no, I don't have a problem having sex outside of marriage. And I'm like, but, you know, i got to get to know you. He goes, well, how long? And I'm like, way down the road. You know, way down the road. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever that means. I don't know. Does that mean a year? Does that mean three months? I don't know. But not today. That's right. for sure. So, you know, I, I love that where you don't put a number on it, but you know that it's not right now and it's sometime in the future in some kind of way and uh, and I think it's good and and I wanted to ask Alice what do you feel you know that you learn from that situation you know now going back you've had some space and some time to kind of do some thoughtful reflection on it and I have to say to our listeners that I feel like Alice's biggest strength was she just jumped right back into program and that she just yes. got back into it and she just like, you know, as she immersed as, herself. As strongly as she was in program, which I feel she was, I feel like you were, you know, connected and you were involved. That, you know, if she had, you know, both feet in, she just put her whole body in. And because I know for me, that's what works for me, is that when whenever I go back into program and or what I like to say, activate slaw network and think of like, you know, reaching for the sky and a mm-hmm. boltling like activate slaw network. Yeah, put the you signal know. out, you know. Right. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> That's right. And like all these caped women. Yes, they come running. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
How can we help you, well, dear and, Alice? And the other thing is, is the self-awareness around um, the the um, bottom line around sex, like, and looking at that and going, like, is that something I want to keep in there? You know, and you, I think the most the, the main thing about any dating plan is that you got to be intentional. What is it that you want? Right. What are you going after? Right. And I think marriage yeah. is a valid goal to want to say, I want to be so committed that we're going to legalize it and we're going to be exclusive under the law and under yeah. God's law. I think my problem is, um, well, dating men that are sex addicts that, um, you know, I have my issues and they have their issues and together these issues don't really make a good, um, relationship if both parties are not working on them and um, sex is like the elephant in the room driving the whole train you know so well and that's why it's sex and love addicts yeah. it's not we're, I, I can be a love addict I've been a love addict before I feel like I've been a sex addict before but my core program is when both of those dealios are together because that's when it gets lethal for me, where right. I'm like love addicted and there's the sexual component. Mm -hmm. And so that addictive, because let me tell you something, it's very powerful. And I can remember I knew that I was at my bottom when I was sitting at work in my cubicle and through euphoric recall, sitting at work, I was getting high. I was so high. I was high out of my mind. And it was like thinking about this guy who I'd been with that I thought I was in love with. It's ridiculous. And I was like, this has got to stop. I can't continue this any longer. Mm -hmm. Well, and I wanted to define a little bit about the sex addict is that, you know, that doesn't necessarily have to mean that I can't go an hour without being sexual or that I have to compulsively masturbate or that I'm having sex with every guy that I meet. For me, the way that it showed up was a lot like what Alice described in that it looks like me having sex with someone in order to get them to love me, to get them to stay, to get them to whatever, mm -hmm. fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So besides the self-awareness around the sex and um, the ignoring the red flags, what else did you learn? Uh, also, that I was kind of stagnant in my program. I was just riding it, you know, like just kind of coasting. And I can never just coast with this stuff. It doesn't, it's not something I can coast with. I have to be well, maybe vigilant. if you're not dating. Yeah, when I'm not dating. But then when I start dating, I'm still on coast. Cause I'm you got to amp You got to level up. up. Yeah. yeah. So it's hard to know, um, like, when you're... Oh, I'm fine. I'm gonna date. Okay, and then just go date, and you know, like right now, I'm like real vigilant because I just went through sure. that. But as time goes on, you can get passive and start just, um, just living life, and then go back to anorexia, which is a another part of this whole deal where you're just not dating at all, and you don't connect with men at all, and whatever, and. Um, so then that kind of puts everything on the shelf. Dormant is what I think. It's like dormant. 
So then, you know, yeah. and remember when we had Darcy here and she was talking about um, that a lot of women in program do exactly that. So they get some sobriety and from abstinence and then mm-hmm. they stay in it for a period of time and then they go, okay, I'm ready to date. And then they start experiencing things like this. Mm-hmm. And the only way to learn how to date and program is to date date and program. Yeah. So my what I've learned is I can't put this on the shelf for another three years and go get to know women and myself all over again for three years. I need to just You know those lessons. Yeah, it's like Alice, yeah, yeah, you've learned yeah, that. Yeah. That's yeah. what Elizabeth is saying. You didn't yeah. lose that. You yeah, don't have yeah. to start all over. Yeah, I don't have to start all over. I have to just really um like right now I'm taking a thirty days of working my first three steps again. It's an everyday step work and I have some bottom lines for the next thirty days and then after that I don't know. Then comes step four. And I think like AA they work the steps real quick to get you out of the problem, you know is what I hear. Yep. So this program I would like to be more um you know, kinda like let's rip through this. To not sit around and think about right, analyze right. so much. No, you don't need to do that. Because I can analyze all day. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? Now, why again? I call it the unsolvable Rubik's Cube. You know, it's like twisting and turning the why. Maybe if I do this, do that. And it's unsolvable. You're never going to figure it out. But I can spend hours doing that. Those, you know, calculations in my mind is maddening. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it just happened. It's what it was. I feel like, you know, you've already talked with us about the lessons that you've learned around that. And, you know, you can like, you know, isolate them down to not paying attention to red flags, not staying with your boundary, not sticking with your dating plan. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. And one thing I've realized also is I'm powerless even over following a dating plan. Like, yes, that's where I, that's where the step work is now. Like I'm powerless over even keeping all these rules. I have to be willing to do, like in the moment, do something different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so one of the things you mentioned was um, like that you feel like you may attract sex addicts in, you know, so totally unconsciously. So what will you do about that in the future? Is there any, have you given that any thought or any plan to like not uh, you know the kind of guy that you do want to attract or if you are in a dating situation how do you figure out that a guy is one hmm yeah an undiagnosed sex addict uh, yeah Probably a few of those running around <laughs> yeah well if my eyes are open I can see it I can pick it up usually well, you did pick it up yeah I picked it up I just was like oh maybe you know maybe they didn't mean that or uh-huh well that's it right there it's like for me when I start thinking, oh, well, maybe if I start thinking that, I'm in my stuff. I, I am in my addiction. Well, and, and the motivation for it was you were very clear. It's like, you know, I just, I'm tired and I just yeah. want this to be the guy and I don't want to have to go through this vetting process again over and over and over. And I feel like you were very uh, good because let me tell you something, you got to the crux of the matter pretty quickly. Two months. Two months, yeah. And I feel like your discernment is there. Mm -hmm. And also, what I want to say to our listeners is that, you know, there's this concept that our addict is alive and well within us. And the phrase is is that she's out in the hallway doing one-arm push-ups. 
and that I can't allow her even to get her toe in the door because right. she'll bang open the door and come in. And take feel, over. Yeah. Do you take feel like over. do you feel like that was that fits for your situation a little bit? Mm, yeah, kind of. Um, well, it was kind of. Uh, you know, it didn't really manifest itself real clear until the guy was like, "Yeah, this is not gonna work." And then the addict was like, "Excuse me," you know. Right. Because. Logical me was like, oh, why do you say that? But the addict part of me was like, no, don't leave. Don't leave. You're not going anywhere. I don't care what, you know, what issues you have. Just don't leave, you know. So that's, yeah, that's my addict um, is uh, a little teenager and a little seven-year-old sometimes. Kind of frantic. Yeah, yeah, frantic. Don't leave me. I need you to whatever. Not to breathe, I don't think, because that's not... Where I used to be there, but now it was more like to be happy, you know? Yeah. I'm never going to be happy if you leave. Yeah, if you leave, or why would you do that? I thought, I thought, I thought, you know. Feeling, you said... Yeah, you said feeling betrayed and just kind of blindsided. So what are you going to do differently? Do you still want a date? Do you still want to get married? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I mean, there's still hope. I just uh, want to probably do it a lot um, more often, you know, so that I can weed them quicker. I feel like it's like a, when you work out once a month or once a week, it's a lot harder. You don't see results as yeah. quickly. Yeah. So if I start dating and I date more people and I'm not like doing this, I'm going to meet the one thing, then I can get used to saying no and get used to um, moving on quicker like as soon as I see the red flags I will tell you from my experience that definitely has happened like you know see meeting a certain kind of guy over and over again I'm like no no more of that I don't want that right like you were saying no suburbs right you know? nobody like, from the suburbs I right. do not want to date men from the suburbs sure know? because I don't there's certain aspects I need a bit of sophistication in there Yes. And that's something that I've learned. Yeah. Yeah, right. dating for me helps me understand me, and it also helps me figure out what I like. Like, if I meet somebody and they're talking about the Astros or the Rockets or the football season. And, I, and your eyes are glazed over with boredom. You're like, yeah. Oh, been, uh-huh. I don't want a guy that's um, obsessed with local um, sports. I, th- I feel like they can have a passion. They can have something that they're interested in because I don't want us to be joined at the yeah. hip. So right. I'd be yes. like, you know, he's like, you know, I like to go fishing, you know, like once yeah. a month. And yeah. be like, oh, great. Like Good. a normal. You, you're okay doing that, you know, on your own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Homegirl don't want to go fishing. Uh, no. Yeah, no, no fishing. I don't want to go fishing. I don't want to go camping. I don't, I don't want guns or hunting. Yeah. yeah. So right. it does. It helps you do you get learn. to know yourself. Yes. And then, and see what kind of interests that you have. Like if I go out with somebody and they've traveled all over the world and I haven't been out of the country, it's like, well, damn, I need to start doing some exploring, you know, because then you feel like, I want to do that mm-hmm. or why haven't I done that? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, meeting someone that takes, you know, just like really um, has their financial and future intact and they know what they want. They have a house. They have all their da-da-da ducks in a row. Then you're like, well, I, I want to do that too, you know, instead of like latching onto their um, their ideas of their life, you know. 
I love it. So we know that you, you know, immerse yourself in program that you, um, I know from, you know, working with you and talking with you and that you um, have done a lot of service work, that you are going to a lot of meetings, that you're um, leading and chairing meetings. What else are you doing? Well, you did the 30-day. You're doing the 30-day yeah, celebration got, of step yeah, work. I got a sponsor, a new sponsor, another sponsor. Don't know what happened there. But I am in the HOW program. And um, so the first, I just decided uh, to work the, you know, work the program again. And it's first seven days is discussing all the patterns and bottom line behaviors. And then on day seven, you write out your bottom line behaviors. And that's today. Today I went over my, well, yesterday I did my bottom lines and today was day one. Day one question is write a history of your sex and love addiction. So that was about six pages long. But I've done it before, so it's kind of like condensed, you know. So I have 29 more days of questions. And after the 29 days, I'll be at step three. And, um... This is the first time I'm going to go, well, I've set some bottom lines that are a little different than before. So it should be interesting to see what I do instead of some of those addictive patterns. Well, I mean, and that's what I feel like is the key of any uh, relapse or slip or whatever you want to call it, is that whatever was working didn't work. So... You know, I've had to like encourage someone that I was sponsoring to find a different sponsor. I'm like, you know, I love you. I'm on your team. I want you to succeed. But if I were you, I'd be angry with me a little bit, you know, like, why didn't you help me or whatever? But it's like, it doesn't matter because, you know, even though it was good work and there was a lot of progress made and you, you know, worked through the majority of your steps you need something different, you need something more, you need a shift, something. Yeah. Because we owe it to ourselves. I owe it to myself. I owe it to my program. I, In order for God to work through me or for me to be of service for any other human, I've got to continue to do my own work. And yeah. if something is not working, then I'm so quick these days, to, you know, this does not work for me. Yeah. And to shift it and to stop it. Well, there was a time with my sponsor that I knew... Well, she, I think, knew, like, her sponsor, she had to uh, let go of her sponsor because it was toxic or something, and then she's like, you know, I don't have a sponsor, and, you know, you're supposed to work with me only if I have a sponsor, and I was like, oh, that's okay, we can still... Like, that's interesting. She was like, are you sure? And I was just like, yeah, it's fine, because I didn't want to go out there and... Find a new one. ...retell my whole story. She had known everything, and it was just like, I'm too fragile right now. I'm starting to date. I can't go explain all this to some new person. But she she started to be less and less available and less and less account accountable. Like I was less and less accountable, so that was my part. I didn't say, yeah, you're right. I need to find someone. Bye. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it cost me. You know. So that's part of the plan. Part of the uh, process is also being honest. Because I need a lot of accountability. I can't just have half-ass accountability. I have to have strong accountability well and this is where you're at that place of being willing yeah where you're willing to do that work necessary and I think now also with the dating because there was a similar theme where it was like you just wanted to continue with this guy even with the red flags 
you learn to continue with your sponsor even with the red flag and it's about like you you know and, and I'm not going to name it, but for me, what that brings up is, you know, I have a character defect of laziness. Lazy. Yeah, it was a lazy thing. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I don't want to start over with someone, you know. I, I get it. But I do think that, like, putting yourself first, you know, and yeah. rather than, like, oh, it's fine, you know. Yeah, right, like, but that correction is, yeah. uh, is like having a spirit of willingness okay, dude, I'm going to, like, vet you more. I really like you. I'm attracted to you. It's all looking good on paper. But, you know, yeah, let, let's try to get to month three. What happens at month four? Having the willingness to be um, liking the feelings, but to walk away and have that pain instead of the pain of what withdrawal feels like. So there's two kinds of pains. The pain of discipline, pain right. of regret. So pain of discipline is... It doesn't last. Pain of regret lasts a lot longer for me anyway, so. Well, and you know, you work out a lot, and so I think you can make that metaphor that it's like if you, like I just loved what you were saying, if you work out once a month, you're not going to see the results unless you work out three times a week and you're really careful about, or, you know, very, uh, I'm not going to say vigilant, but like you're monitoring your calories. So it's like if you want to eat something more, you're going to have to work out more or whatever to stay in shape. So it's like... It's not it's not a month view, it's a day view, which is what this program is about. It's a daily reprieve based it's a daily on a, reprieve. based on a fit spiritual condition. Yeah, so not dating for me looks like um denial. Like I'm gonna you know, stay at home, watch T V and um eat and take a walk around the block, you know, once um a month and be healthy. Right. I have to date at least, I don't know, once a week or, you know, yeah, once a week, go out with a random guy and say no to the most amazing-looking guy around. That will build the muscle of saying no, because I don't have that muscle. Like, it's not developed. I don't, I'm not used to it, so. Mm -hmm. So I'm, like, just quiet, and then they have to say no, and then they have to push away, and then I'm like, wait. When I should have pushed away, I should have walked away. But it's just not developed. It's something that I haven't learned to do. Well, and I think that that's a great thing for our listeners to know that, you know, when we do different challenges, like for me, my big challenge was going to grad school, you know, leaving my big corporate job, leaving my uh, friends, leaving my house and car that were nice and new to go and do something that was completely different in a different city with a different group of friends. And, you know, thankfully, God had me and it was like, but it was a you know, brand new world, and I was doing something completely different. And so that when we embark on those big changes in our lives, and I hope that we inspire you to do those things, you know, to fulfill those dreams. I mean, this is a dream of yours, Alice, right. is to have this. You know, my dream was to go to New York and to, you know, go to grad school and study acting. And I fulfilled that dream. And, you know, Elizabeth, what are some of your great successes that you've had as a result of this? You started a nonprofit. I, yeah, started a nonprofit. I started a, a group, uh, having, you know, doing coaching one on one. Yeah. You know, things like that. So, yeah, definitely. Right. Well, again, I want to thank you for your courage and your honesty and your willingness to share your story with us again. Thank you. I think you're such a badass. You are a badass. And you're very inspiring. You are. Thank you. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much, listeners, for tuning in to another podcast of Sober Sisters Talk. And you can catch us on our website, www.sobersisterstalk.com. You can find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, Sober Sisters Talk. And if you have an idea or a question or you're struggling and you need some support, you can email us at SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. So thank you so much. And until next week, thank you. Bye-bye.